today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. And here he drops this huge bomb on them by saying that, Behold, there is the Lamb of God, the one who takes away the sin of the world. Well, the world, well, that includes a lot more than just the children of Israel. Who does that include? Everyone. And in this time, who is that including? The Gentiles. The Gentiles. So if you're hearing this, especially if you're a religious man, you're hearing that he takes away the sin of the world. What is this? What's going on here? Who is this guy? In Jesus' time, the Jews were convinced that they were God's chosen people. Their writings seem to confirm this sentiment. As Pastor Eric will be teaching, they seem to have missed all of the places where God told them that they would be a blessing to the whole world. And Jesus will be reminding them of this. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for his message entitled, Life-Changing Statements of Truth, Part 1. Man, we've been blessed. You know, the guys have done an amazing job so far taking us through the book of John so far in chapter 1. And it is a meaty chapter, 53 verses of just straight thickness of God's Word. And yep, we're not going to get through it today. But that's okay. I titled the message this morning, Life-Changing Statements of Truth, Part 1. I'm not kidding. Part 1, verses 29 through 34. So we're going to continue to look at the testimony of John the Baptist as we saw last week. John, you guys, was a witness for Jesus. What is a witness? A witness gives a testimony as to what they have seen and what they have experienced to establish truth. And that's exactly what John the Baptist was doing. He was establishing truth in Jesus Christ, that he was the Messiah, that he was the Christ. And don't you know that God spoke about John probably 400 plus years before even John was alive? Did you know that? Well, in fact, the Bible tells us in Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, he says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Well, who is that referring to, church? John the Baptist. Isaiah 43 says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now, I read that verse, and I'm like, wow, what a great verse referring to John and the way that the Lord thought of John. Did you guys catch that in the end part of Isaiah 43? A highway for our God. I want to be a highway for our God so people can come and see him and be giving God glory. I mean, a highway is huge, right? It's long, and that's what John the Baptist was about, pointing to God, pointing to Jesus Christ preparing the way of the Lord. And if that's what God thinks towards John, what does he think towards us? Amazing. So in the text today, in verses 29 through 34, we're going to see, not all of it, but within this text in the next two weeks, we're going to see five ground-shaking statements about Jesus Christ. Number one, Jesus is the Lamb of God. Number two, Jesus takes away the sin of the world. Number three, Jesus received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Number four, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And number five, Jesus is the Son of God. Those are five ground-shaking statements about Jesus Christ. So, with that, let's read our text. 
The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. In verse 32, And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. And he remained upon him. I don't know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Verse 34. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Now, I've got to say, I know that I was a little bit more excited, but I bet John the Baptist was excited. I mean, this guy was a manly dude. Camel hair, eating locusts. My theory on him eating locusts is he probably had a beard, and they probably flew into his beard, and so then he took it out. He is a gnarly dude, man. And he was told by God. God himself told him that you were going to make the ways straight for the Lord. Now, if God told you that promise, wouldn't you be pumped up? And then when you see Jesus coming towards you, he's like, Behold! The Lamb of God, the one who's going to take away the sins of the world. That is a huge statement. Huge, ground-shaking statement. John proclaims Jesus as the Lamb of God. Here we see first, behold the Lamb of God, meaning God provided Jesus as a Lamb to the world. A wimpy animal like a lamb? No, not a wimpy animal. An animal that was used for sacrifice. Why would God portray Jesus as a lamb? Well, to understand that, we need to go back in time. We need to go back in time during the time of Exodus. That's all the way closer in front of your Bibles, right? When Moses led the people out of Egypt. We've got to go back to that time, back in Exodus chapter 12, when Moses has just announced, from the Lord gave Moses a word to announce to Pharaoh that there was going to be one more plague that was going to hit Egypt. The plague of killing the firstborn. Now this plague would be so disastrous that it would finally break the heart of Pharaoh, and then Pharaoh would release the children of Israel so that they could go out of the land. I mean, think about it. The death of the firstborn. And that's not just man, but it was the firstborn for the beast as well. So you're thinking cattle, livestock, all that stuff, and children and adults dying if they were the firstborn. This plague would be brutal. But God then instructed Moses and Aaron to tell the people of Israel to take a lamb, a lamb without what? Blemish, all right, We know the story, without blemish, to sacrifice it, and then to take its blood and do what with it, church? Put it around the post of the door. And God said, if you do this, that I will pass over you. Pass over. This was the beginning of the Lord's Passover for the children of Israel. Now, If the people didn't want to receive this judgment, they would take that blood and put it on the doorpost. But if the blood was not there, death would visit them. But if the blood was there, God would pass over. 
man, they would still have life. So what does this story in Exodus have to do with Jesus being the Lamb of God? Well, God tells us in his word again that he is going to bring judgment once again. It tells us that in Revelation chapter 20. At the end of times, there is going to be a time when God says enough is enough and that he brings judgment to the world. So before this judgment comes, though, what did God do with Israel? He provided them the knowledge to take a lamb, to kill it, to take its blood and put it around the doorpost. And if they did that, that they would be saved. The same thing applies with Jesus Christ. He said, here is my son, my beloved son, right, who I'm well pleased and he is my lamb. He is the sacrifice. And by his blood, you can be passed over from God's judgment. That's huge. So think of this. Just as the Israelites killed the lamb in the Passover in Egypt, what did man do to Jesus Christ? They crucified him. He died. He gave up his life, but man crucified him killed him. And the blood of this lamb, Jesus Christ, was then poured out for all mankind. So here you see God giving his lamb for man, man killing the lamb, then the blood of the lamb was poured out. Then it's up to the people to receive the blood of the lamb, to put it over themselves in a sense, to receive God's blood, so that, what? God's judgment would then pass over them. This is God's lamb. Behold the lamb of God. God gave Israel the way out of his judgment, and God has given us a way out of judgment to come. And both ways, you guys, were through lambs. The physical lamb, and then the lamb of Jesus. So in order for Jesus to fulfill the role of God's lamb, how was he? How was he? He was blemish-free blemish-free. Well, how do you know that? Oh, because the Bible tells us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that. That tells us that Jesus knew no sin. Oh, and Isaiah 53.9 tells us this. Nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Jesus Christ fulfilled this requirement of a blameless, perfect offering, blemish-free, no problems. He was perfect. I mean, think about it. If we had to present an animal, I mean, how many animals are perfect? Probably not many. Jesus Christ is perfect. He was blameless. And he is the Lamb of God. And we are told that he is the Lamb of God elsewhere in God's word. Isaiah 53, 7. I love this description of Jesus. It says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before its shearers in the silence. So he opened not his mouth. Jesus Christ was like that lamb going up for sacrifice. And that verse of Isaiah 53, 7 was echoed again in Acts chapter 8, verse 32. But then we also see that Jesus is the lamb of God in 1 Peter chapter 1, and then again in 1 Peter chapter 2, and then again in Revelations chapter 5. 
we see that Jesus is the Lamb of God. So God has made it perfectly clear that Jesus Christ is His sacrifice so that we, as man, do not have to face the judgment of God. That His blood covers us and that God's judgment will pass over those who are covered in the blood of the Lamb. Groundbreaking statement. Behold the Lamb of God. And then John follows that statement up with, who takes away the sin of the world. Period. In your Bibles? Exclamation point. Because this statement, you guys, even though we are taught this from little kids that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, this is a huge statement because so many of us still hold into the idea that, yes, we know that Jesus died on the cross, but we hold on to those sins. But he has died and he's removed those things. We need to believe it. We need to walk in that freedom as Jesus has freed us from those sins. Jesus takes away the sin of the world. God sending His only begotten, His perfect Son, to take away the sin of the world because there was no other option. Man could not achieve this. Man cannot achieve getting rid of their sins. You can't do it. You can work all you want by being a good person, but at the end of the day, Jesus Christ is the only one who has the power and the authority to remove the sins from your life. It's Jesus, you guys. It's all Him. It's amazing to see. So John drops a huge bomb on those who are listening. Because remember who was coming out to him. The priests and the Pharisees. Those who were sent by the Pharisees came out. And then the priests of Israel came out to hear. And they're like, who are you? What is your business? What are you doing out here in the desert? And here he drops this huge bomb on them by saying that, Behold, there is the Lamb of God, the one who takes away the sin of the world. Well, the world, well, that includes a lot more than just the children of Israel. Who does that include? Everyone. And in this time, who is that including? The Gentiles. The Gentiles. So if you're hearing this, especially if you're a religious man, you're hearing that he takes away the sin of the world, what is this? what's going on here? Who is this guy? And what is he about? And he takes, he's able to take away the sin of the world? Yeah, he is. Even the Gentiles. I praise God for that because we're Gentiles. Check out what 1 John says, you guys, about how Jesus takes away the sin of the world. 1 John 2, 2 says this, He Himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. That includes your neighbor who pesters you. Those who you argue with, you know, or who do cruel things in the world like murder people, killing babies. God died for their sins as well. Not just yours, but the sins of the world. And we need to keep that in mind. Is this not for us select people? It is for everyone. Everyone has the opportunity to be covered by the Lamb's blood so that God's judgment can be passing over them. And this, I believe, should be communicated. I would want to know, wouldn't you? If you were in the position of not knowing, would you want to know that you could be saved? Would you? I know that I would. So it's our responsibility to go and deliver this message that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, has taken away the sins of the world. And that means you. 
What a powerful statement that is. What a freeing statement that will bring joy, happiness. The joy that is just without understanding that you can be delivered because we all do wrong things and those wrong things hold us down. In fact, they chain you down. But then when you hear the news that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, is taking that away, I think that causes a heart of rejoicing and praise. It should If not, then maybe you're still chained. Maybe you're still chained if it doesn't bring you joy. Don't be chained. Look to the one who has taken away the sins of the world. Behold the Lamb of God. Just as John communicated. John 1, 3, verse 5 says this about the topic. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins. And there is no sin in him. Now, how many of you would love to hear the disciples preach today? I would love it. If the Apostle John was up here, hey, this week we have a guest speaker, the Apostle John. Great, man. I bet this place would be jammed. Out the doors, in the overflow room, in the cafe, you'd be wanting to hear the message. And here's his message. Jesus Christ takes away sin. And everybody would be going, hallelujah. Praise God. That's how our heart should be when we read God's word, because it is God-breathed. It's God-spoken. David Guzik said this. He's a pastor over in Santa Barbara. He said, This statement of Jesus takes away the sins of the world is a vivid reminder of Jesus' destiny at the cross. Yes, performing miracles were great. Healing the blind, healing the lame, raising the dead. But don't forget the main reason God sent Jesus Christ. And that was to take away the sins of the world, to give you life. Understanding this is huge because Jesus was sent to reconcile man to God. And friends, to me, in my opinion, you can take it for what it's worth, is the greatest miracle of God. It is the greatest miracle of God. It is the greatest thing that God has done for man. Isaiah 53, 6 It says this, all we like sheep have gone astray. Amen to that. We've all gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isn't that amazing? We've all gone astray, but yet God has laid our iniquities on Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice. And 1 John 4.10 says, this is real love. You want to know what love is? This is what real love is. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son a sacrifice to take away our, what? Sins. Man. So what is sin? Well, John answers that in 1 John 5, 17. He says, all unrighteousness is sin. Pretty much sums it up right there. All unrighteousness is sin. I mean, you could go on on and on and on and on about sin. But let's keep it simple. All unrighteousness is sin. So God's Lamb, Jesus Christ, has taken all unrighteousness away from the world. All the unrighteousness in the world, Jesus Christ has already taken it away. Can you believe that? Now it's just putting your faith into that. And receiving the forgiveness of God. Receiving the grace of God. And being freed from those sins. Believing that you've been forgiven. So many times that we can forgive others or we try to forgive others, but it's so hard to forgive ourselves. 
But you've been forgiven. You've been forgiven. Believe it. Have faith. Even if it's the size of a mustard seed, believe it. And the thing is, is that I wish I could make all men believe it, but sometimes I have a hard time believing it myself. But I know that his word is true and that God is faithful and what he says he means. So God is coming one day with judgment. As we're wrapping this up, as we're landing the plane, we're getting ready to get out here and go into the mission field. God is going to bring judgment one day. Revelation chapter 20. It's going to happen. Great and small are going to stand before the throne of God. It's going to happen. Even though you haven't seen it happen yet, it's going to happen. But by God's mercy, which is his kindness, by God's grace, his unmerited favor, which are produced by God's unfailing love, God has given man his lamb. A lamb that was killed and that his blood was shed. The blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, is there for the entire world. Every single person. Even for those that you think that there is no hope. There is hope for them because God is being gracious right now. He's being long-suffering. He's being patient because He desires that none should perish. He wants everyone to receive this way out, the Passover. He wants everyone to receive the Passover. And because you have the blood of lamb, once you receive the blood of lamb, man, cover yourself in that stuff, man. In Jesus' blood, man, I am in the blood of Christ. Man, there's power in that, you guys, because then when you are covered in the blood, blood brings what to the body? Life. So the blood of the lamb brings life to the body, to the soul, to the spirit. And when you know that you have life, you then have joy. You have life, you have joy, you have, you're just, man, filled. That doesn't mean that you have to go around with a cheese ball smile all day long. It means that you know that you've been forgiven and that you're covered by the blood of Christ and that the Passover, God's going to pass over you and you're going to spend eternity with God forever. Have you guys ever seen the movie Sandlot? Forever. <laughs> okay, if you didn't see it, I'd recommend it. It's a good little family flick. If you have life, you have external existence. So if you struggle with dying, death, trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll know that you have eternal existence. Because if you don't, that means that no blood means no life. But if you know blood, you know life. Behold, you guys, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, right? And as First Peter says, as we have the special appearance by Peter himself writing by the inspiration of God saying this, you guys, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Next week, you guys, we will see how to live that life, though, that Jesus gives you. We'll see the life, how to live, how to operate in this life that God has given us through Jesus Christ. Because I don't know about you guys, but I want to know how to live this life. And God's Word tells us how to live this life. That's all the time we have for today on Grace to the Hearers. Thank you for joining us for our verse-by-verse study through the book of John. 
Pastor Eric Kluth will continue this series on the next edition of Grace to the Hearers. But right now, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message free of charge. Just send us an email at info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Be sure to mention today's date. We'd also like to invite you to learn more about Grace to the Hearers by visiting our website at gracetothehearers.com. You'll discover Pastor Eric's heart for this ministry and also find out about more places you can listen to sound, biblical teachings like this one. There are also resources available to enhance your own time studying the Word of God. That's all at gracetothehearers.com. Well, we are so blessed to be able to share God's Word with you. We hope that it's not your only source of spiritual nourishment. The Bible reminds us frequently of the importance of a church community, and we also encourage you to find a church family to support you in your walk with Jesus. If you happen to be in the Coolidge area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m., and you'll find our location information and directions at our website, gracetothehearers.com. We do hope you've been blessed by Pastor Eric's message today from the book of John. Join us again as we continue to look deeper into the Word, right here on Grace to the Hearers.